This is the best of The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. Catch them weekdays for the all-new Hyundai Kona. Welcome to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. Uh, another great show. And uh, don't forget YouTube. You can catch all the interviews. Brendan Cow's going to be there for you. Patrick McKenzie's going to be there for you. Who's on his way to an NRL combine. Uh, we had a great show. But this time around, it was the Sharks' turn as we previewed them. 2023, the Cronulla Sharks. Yes. Let's go back before we look forward. They lost in the elimination final to the Roosters, 18-13. So... They've been right there. They are a super consistent side. If you look at their record the last couple of years, against top eight teams does not read well, but they're never far off. Inconsistent start. Raiders, for some reason, are a trouble for them. They went on a charge in April. Mm. And May, they got as high as second at the halfway juncture, Brian. Yep. Here's Nico Hines on the Sharkies' final stats. He said this last Thursday. I can't see why... We can we would go backwards. I feel like we're trending in the right direction. And yeah, look, there's a, there's that stat. There's people outside noise talking about it, but uh, we're not going to listen to that. We feel like from my first year, 2022, we're a much better team in 2023. Although we slipped up a little bit, like our first year, we got 30 points put on us both semi-finals and against the Roosters with the the red hot form team going into that final. We only got 13 points and we still could have won that game, you know. So we're just going to be better at winning moments and not being intimidated by the big teams and, and go after them. And, um, yeah, look, we'll be looking to do that this year. Nico Hines, a man who just spoke, Brian, for, for, for what it's worth, he got panned, I think, unfairly after their exit of the competition. I thought he had a great game in a beaten side. He, yeah, he, he tried. Mate, he, he, tried. He, mate he was awesome. He, he was really, really good. Yeah. He's an outstanding player. Is that when – that was the game Siwa Wong just went yeah. mental? Yeah. And Terrell May came on. Siwa Sharks and Siwa. Yeah, Siwa. Mate, mate he, he, he was outstanding. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing Dykes' young bloke. That's right. Kay Dykes. Okay. So he's another year older. Yep. He did his knees. Yep. Uh, his rank mate stole his boots. <laughs> what was that? Who's that? Jesso. Jesso. Jesso, you A grade? Yeah. You're not getting his boots, is he? No, year? no, no. Um, do you think because Bubba Kennedy, I thought he was he he's got the fullback position. Hey, all, his numbers the last few years compared to Latrell Mitchell, there's not much in it. Like, no. like as far as I'm concerned, um, William Kennedy is your fullback. Yep. Can Dykesy and then you got um, Kale Iro. Yes. Uh, who who how he has not yet become a constant starter yeah. is beyond many people who are smart judges to me. He's ready to go. We talk about the Penrith. otherwise he's playing it. He's going to be playing somewhere else. Yeah. We talk about the Penrith back five. Yep. These blokes are just as good. Coming Janet, coming out of trouble, eating up the yards. Yep, Ronaldo. Ronaldo, the Ronald. Yep. Um, Katoa. Yep. Bubba. Yep. Coming coming out of trouble, those two wingers, I'm going to say not far off Penrith wingers. Yep. Do you agree? I do agree. I do agree with that. So who do they lose? They lose Matty Moylan. He's going to Lee with the Lamb crew. So he's going to Lee in the Super League. Connor Tracy goes to the Bulldogs. Mm. And the great Wade Graham has retired. Yeah. They wait to 2025 to get Adam Fanua Blake. The arrivals, only one arrival, Montgomery. He's the only one who's turned up, Billy, right? B- Billy Burns? Montgomery. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, you got me. Yeah. That was Frank Burns from Nash. <laughs> yes. So Montgomery joins them. But the arrivals can be Kaylee Rowe, yeah. Kay Dykes, Sam Stone Street, who's a young rap, outside big rap back. On him. Yep. Yep. So that can be their arrivals. It doesn't always have to be external. So that's where I see that. The key for me, Brian, is going through the numbers last year, I love the power forward yeah. these days. We saw it in the grand final. Spencer Lanier, 
Fisher-Harris, Mosley Oda. The Broncos had Flegler, Carrigan, that power, Payne Haas. Yep. The Sharkies, when they don't have Braden Hamlin-Uelli. And Royce Hunt. But mainly the former. Yeah. If they don't have him, the numbers seem to crash yeah. through the floor. Well, they make their way up the field quite easily when they've got that power game yes. going. And then when you've got Nico Hines and uh, Trindle, young Braden Trindle, yep. invariably they're clever enough to score because they can play that structured stuff, which most teams do, but they can also play off, yeah. off you know, eyes up footy, as you like to call it. Well, the, the ch- I don't like to call it no. that. The challenge they have, Brian, is, and he's come out, and I know I'm very biased to this particular sport, but Nico's come out and credited touch football. He said, it just gives you such an advantage on the field, and he has such an advantage, yep. and his Dalian points per game is as good as anyone yep. in the last three years. However, the temptation if you're coaching him is he's the profit center. Let's go there. Yeah. But if I was coaching against Nico Hines, I'd be like, okay, well he is the profit center. Let's just, just let's just get everyone on him. Uh, yeah. And, yes. and I, I reckon in the finals, yes, they just go, okay, well he's player cam. Let's just get on him. Yeah. And if you get us the other way, we'll take one or two of those. But in the main, if you're going to beat us, it's on him. Yeah. So, so they somehow have to trust that the second fiddle, which is which they did in the All Stars game, yes, very very well. Man of the match. Well, Tricky Trindle, and it was it was great halfback play, or I suppose experience. I saw a couple of times when Nico did the old switcheroo to him. Yep. And he was the main man. Yep. He was no longer second fiddle. Look at me, look at me. Yeah, hypnotise. Yeah. Amazing Jonathan. Look so, at me, look at me, bang. But do you understand what I'm saying? Is I the do. temptation is he's so good, he's such a profit centre, and he's a gun, Nico Hines. But if you are to go to that next level, you need to find more parity as to who's well, I think, I think he can help. I think, oh, sorry, I think Tricky is the man. If you want to put this into terms of another team, this is what happened to South Sydney when teams knew what was going on. They just double teamed on Cody Walker. That, that, that's exactly the same thing. They all just went in, play inside, yep. hit him from the inside, put pressure yep. on him inside. Yep. They had nothing, and this is where Lachlan Ilias yep. should have realised and said, "Mate, they're going. They're just hammering us and left. I need to overcall." Correct. Them. And when Freddie backed Cody Walker into that side, if you go back and watch that game, if you were going to back Cody Walker and he did the right thing, Freddie, you had to be all in on him. So most of that game, they set up on the right, and Cody just pulls you to pieces. Yeah. Rest assured, and this is what may go against Cody, is that rest assured, Billy Slater's not going to fall for that twice. If if he's going to be like Nico is with the Sharks, just everything's just we're all in on Cody Walker, that's when you can you can shut it down. But in origin, you've got another bloke called Nathan Cleary on the other side. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, the, which is yeah, six to go play on. Which is you're hundred percent. Good luck, right. Billy. You're hundred percent right. That. Uh, so with Sharkies, Brian, where where are we at with them? Uh, I've got I've got him again. Um, Knocking on the door at top four. Um, just, yeah, I just think they're going to have a few mental scars. You know, you say you don't talk about it. Oh, you know, it was but two years in a row. There must be a reason why they can't get up for that. You, 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 know, who, you, you know who I would say? So I'm big against fixer-uppers. And yes. this guy, I hate to say it, but he falls into the category given his last two departures or pending departures. The coaches at Cronulla, I, I rate, all, all of them. Hannay... Holdsworth, Fitzy, Bryce, they're, they're just good character. They mm. not I'd sign Luciano Alua. Okay. I'd sign him. I, I, I just, they're just that little bit 
There's, there's just a little bit of X factor in the pack. They're just missing. And those guys, I, I would sign him for this year. Can you? Can they afford him? I don't think they can afford him. If he's asking nine hundred, he's on nine hundred. That's what the reported amount is. Yeah. Even at seven fifty, not many clubs have got seven fifty hanging around. Oh, I wouldn't have a clue. But 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 that that's All right. a, that's a club. So so Craig Bellamy, are you ha- willing to let someone go? Craig Bellamy can handle the fixer uppers. Yeah. Fitz Fitzy can handle the fixer uppers. Yeah. He can. He can. I think most sides would would love to have a Luciano Leilua in their pack, but you're not going to get him. Not this late stage, mate. Or you've got to move someone on. Okay, so, so if, if I'm managing Luciano, I'd say, mate, I know you want 900. We'll just say he's on 750. Okay. He wants 750. Okay, 750. Okay, I'd say, Luciano, why don't you come to the Sharks where they are a tilt at winning the, the competition? They're a tilt. Why don't you come there, just sign for the rest of the season? You're not speaking like a manager, by the way. No, I'm not good at that stuff. You're not speaking like a manager. Because managers say? don't do that. Managers say, get as much as you can. Yeah. Managers don't give a rat. Long term. Yeah. I just say, mate, come there. Let's just finish the year off, light the joint up, and then, very, then we get your four years for whatever. Name your very, price. Very easy. But, you know, they want it now. Mm, David Campuzzi. <laughs> Welcome back to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. And uh, Josh Hanrahan from News Limited, he joined us on his debut to talk all things True Crime Tuesday. And he was joined by a man for his third attempt named whom, Brian? Yeah, Mark Morrie. These two blokes are a TikTok phenomenon. They've got their new podcast slash vlogcast coming out uh, called The War 2. Yeah, it's called a vlog, vlogcast. I've just made that up. But if you want to get around uh, true crime, this is one of the best things you'll hear today. Take a listen. Tuesdays on The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. We discuss, dissect and delve into crimes of the past. It's time for True Crime Tuesday. Okay, The War 2, Kill or Be Killed is an explosive new documentary series examining the new wave of bloodshed, brutality among Sydney's most feared gangsters following the shocking, shocking daylight execution of the underworld's Mr Big and joining us, this bloke here, it should be the run home with Joel and Moz really because he's been here more than you, Brian, but on debut, clap him in, Brian. Josh Hanrahan from News Corp. Here he comes. Look at him. Who joins us. Hello, Josh. Hello, boys. Thank you for having us. Miles, great to have you back. Yeah, great to be here. Looking quite dapper. And total opposites here. Once Josh, the young the young yeah. buck, standing up. Moz sitting down. Bad knees. And even the shirts. At least i got my own knees. I'll go to the icebergs. I'm the only guy with his original <laughs> right. knees. Yes. Yeah, hey, he's looking fit, isn't he, Moz? Yeah, I see him on the beach. Sorry, I ran into the beach What have you been day. doing? You look, you're looking fit. Yeah, well, I... I when Shredbury. I broke my shoulder, I couldn't drink for six weeks, so uh, I lost a lot of weight. Oh, there so. you go. He walks up and down the promenade at Bondi Beach uh, in his Speedos. Looking good. Yeah, stops, I mean. every, stops at all the ramps, does <laughs> a push-up, does a dip. Between Josh's journalism and my good looks, this is, un, you know, you just got to watch this new series. 100%. You know, the girls will watch me and listen to Josh. Okay. Now, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. This is notable because yeah. I'm very bad at this and you are too. So is Moz. Have a look at the posture. Yeah, exactly. He has got wonderful posture, I mean, Josh. Yeah. No, no back injuries. I bet lower back, not great. No, really? Is that yeah. why you got to stand up? Yeah, deadlifting. Deadlifting. Not for me. No. What about the piercing blue eyes too? Yeah, serial killer. <laughs> Definitely a serial killer. Um, all right, let's get into it, boys. The war two. Last year, last year's episodes was flying. So this is is this basically a sequel or totally, totally new sort of documentary? It's a bit of a sequel. So last. Uh, last year, we went through the Alamedines and the Hamseys, the Comanchero Bikey Gang. We introduced everybody to the conflict that's been going on on 
Sydney Street since 2020. And there's no more Hamsies left. Um, so that's why there's what? a new conflict. Because the Alamedines basically wiped them out. No, but there's some in the nick, isn't there? Oh, yeah. No, they're the ones that are safe. Okay. Right, because it said so. Things moved on, right? There was a bit of a lull, wasn't there, in, in all the shootings? We had about, you know, 15, 20 people shot. Yeah, there was a time where every six weeks we'd, yeah. we'd almost to the day go, okay, we're due for a shooting. Because that's that's how rapidly they were happening. And then we had a good six-month period there where there was some nice calm on the streets and then it exploded again. And that's what we're covering in this series, that spate of shootings through the middle of 2023 that began with a young kid out uh, west at Elizabeth Hills and then a couple of weeks later the death of Alan Moratti and the one you just mentioned, a massive player in Sydney's underworld at Bondi Junction. Last place you'd expect a hit like that next to Westfield, not far from the beach. And then bang, 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 just in the space of what was it? In a couple of weeks, there was five shootings and, and seven victims, yeah. you know. And, Including and, a lawyer was shot. Yeah, which you never hear of. Yeah. And people were rightfully asking, had police lost control of the streets? Wow. So we also cover it in this because while things seemed really quiet, bubbling underneath, as you say, it's always drugs. There were a series of kidnappings that were so brutal. I've never, I've never come across it in 40-odd years. Sorry, sorry, Moz. All connected kidnappings? No, not all connected. What, some innocent bystanders? Well, no, there was one guy who was totally innocent. He just had a choice. He had a bad friend. And they kidnapped him, young Peter Vong, and allegedly he held him for five days, ripped his teeth out with pliers, um, toes and fingers were being cut off. One girl had been kidnapped from Sydney, allegedly, driven to Karua, tied to a tree where she'd had her fingers, some of the tips, right? And this was to try, this was over a bad drug deal and they believed But is this to get her to talk? Or to is get her to talk, uh, retribution. Mm. Uh, the other motives are sometimes just to find out where the people's stashes are or in the case of uh, the young Peter Vonk, they believed that one of his friends allegedly had a lot of money. Mm. And so that five days he was held. Wow. You know, um, so that's, we explore a, a bit of that too. Um, and then the murders and the shootings just piled on and the connections and what was behind them is, is quite fascinating. Mer the Meradian murder, which we, we talk about, that kind of split the Comanchero a bit too itself, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it led to massive tensions. But just like that, that kidnapping that Moz talks about where that, that bloke, Peter Wong, innocent bloke, was held for five days, that's literally on Canterbury Road. It's just around yeah. the corner from where the Bulldogs play. Like, wow. Is that know, the one where there's footage of like the police down the street? Yeah. yeah. And it's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. yep. That's the, the peak way. hour. I, and I, we say it in the documentary. I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of Sydney siders would have driven past that house. Yeah. Probably listening to you guys. And, uh, and, they and, definitely and, listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> and, Especially and, those and crooks and stuff. Yeah, no yeah, idea what was yeah. going on. You know. wow. So you mentioned the Hamseys and the Alamedines. You're saying that the Hamseys are now obsolete? They're they're minor minor players. They're gone. They're in jail, but you know out there, they you know they lost their major major players. Medjid, Bill Alhamsey, that they were the major guys in, who were running the, the the crime family. So who are the Alamedines um, associated with in bikies? Comanchero. Comanchero. Yep. So at the moment, Alamedines have have no competition. Well, that's what we explore. Is they used to work in closely with the Houcher family. Now, the, the Houcher alleged crime family has also, they've, they've been in conflict with the Comanchero. Again, this starts with bits of tension from the Meridian shooting, which has just repercussions all the way through. Now, the Houchers and Alamedines used to work together. Uh, the leader of the gang is Bill Al Houcher, mm. who's over in Lebanon. 
who everyone thought was untouchable, has now been locked up by the Lebanese authorities um, after working with New South Wales Police. He's still in jail. So we explore a lot of that. The Houchers were very, very powerful. You know, they, they were always on the ascendancy. But then with the Hamseys gone, they just solidified their power with the Alamedines. And, you know, that potentially could be more conflict. The Hamseys, were they ever top of the pops? And, and, and you guys, met, I'm reluctant to mention the names because I can imagine in your roles how just talking about it, you go, oh, geez, you know, we mention their names and, and you get your arms up and you're sort of a bit paranoid about the situation, Josh. Do you feel like, like me even asking the question is, should I even be talking about them? You know, like how hard is that as a journalist? Yeah, we get asked that a bit. You know, do you get worried? Do you get scared? Have you ever had any threats? Um we, we did, last time we were filming the doco, we spent a few nights in a hotel because there was mm. the police called Moz, yeah. it was specifically Moz, yeah. with some um, intelligence about a threat towards him because of something he'd said. But I made a be, joke about a common juror and I shouldn't have. Probably shouldn't have. No, shouldn't it's have. Not, not a great move. But no. But, but I'll we just did get uh, moved into a very nice hotel. Yeah. And I said to young Josh, mate, you're new to this. Just drink up you know, and order. I, I did. You're a madman. You, you, no, you, do you know you, what he did? You, you are totally <laughs> just so, um, what do they call Blase. it? Blase. Blase and just. So you, you mentioned the common cheeros a lot. What, are, what about the Hells Angels well, and the Banditos? Are they still around? Well, for the, for the best part of the last decade, maybe even a little bit longer, the common chero have just been the dominant force in, in bikey gangs. I mean, you've really got to move beyond uh, thinking that bikies are blokes who have beards and, and ride motorcycles. Mm. You know, they've essentially become organized crime groups, drug cartels, yeah. uh, you know, as they'd say over in America and, and Mexico. And, and they've been the dominant force. And, and we're looking, and there's been talk. And, the Hells you know, Angels are. We know that they have stepped up. They've opened, a, the, you know, last year, new chapters, Southwest. They're very, they're a little bit more than quieter than the Comanchero. They've made some big noises. But the Hells Angels... That their leader is a guy called Angelo Pandelli, who is now hiding over in Greece and there's warrants out for him here. But he's running the show and there's talk that he's moved in to become a major player because as a moving a lot of drugs in here. And the Hells Angels do not underestimate how much power they have. True Crime Tuesday, Josh Hanrahan, Mark Morrie, uh, crime reporters for the... Uh, News Corp, of course, Daily Telegraph, etc. Brian, it's, it's it's big stuff, isn't it? Well, you know all the cocaine that was washing up on the beaches of Bondi and Northern Beaches and even Newcastle and as far south as Bega, I understand. And now even Victoria. <laughs> yeah. Do we know which family it belongs to? We, it just just blink once. <laughs> we don't. It's um, not my family. No. no, no. <laughs> we don't. Uh, the, police, the police might. So I think what the situation there is is that well, apparently there's a story. Yes. Have we written us. it? Because we always get in trouble for talking about things that we haven't nah, written. Nah, talk about it here. <laughs> um, so there's apparently a shipment of 700 or so kilograms of cocaine coming in on a boat out there somewhere in the ocean. Um, all you can see is blue except are, this, yeah. little, this <laughs> little fishing boat. And then cops here get word of it. Yep. They pass it on to, to another police force. And that police force sends out a, a plane to do a bit of surveillance and have a look. And for some reason, apparently, the guys on that boat spotted the plane, got a bit sus and just began tossing it overboard, thinking 
we're done here. We, they've they've made us, and and so that's how it's all washed up. But we don't know. We don't know, and it's funny because the stamps are out there. You know, yeah, it said Zoe on one. Zoe, yeah, the one I got in my garage is Zoe. Prime. But normally, no offices. I don't know. There'll be a search warrant coming around, just around the corner from my He's rat's ass too. <laughs> Go on. Um, but it's unusual because a lot of those stamps were put out, like, and, and a stamp is normally that shows you whose whose gear it's go, it's intended to, you know. Because when we talk about the Hell's Angels Common Cheerer, not unusual for the, those guys at the top end over in Europe and that to get together and put in, and the same shipment will have Hell's Angels and Common Cheerer. Oh, right, here, right. Yep. So, so they're mates in 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 the sense yeah. of uh, importing. Yeah. But as soon as it lands, you're an enemy. Yeah. The guys at the top, they're just they're businessmen. Gotcha. They'll do business with anyone. It's the guys down the, what they call the Gronks and all the guys down the low level. Some of them haven't got the out of that cubby house mentality where, you know, the street gang fights. Right. But the the big guys, they work together quite frequently. The lone wolf, you know, there was the, the guy who's um, Eric the Wolf would be doing business with the Comaturos. He was head of the Lone Wolf until he, he died over in Turkey, thankfully. Um, so it's not uncommon for that to happen. But on the street level, that's when the turf war starts. You know, sometimes, well, you know, we want to have that part. We're going to start giving it to that dealer. Welcome back to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch and a special welcome back to this media sensation. Well, apparently he's been in two quite popular shows. What are they, Joel? Well, here it is. Avatar, Game of Thrones, Brendan Cow, Sharks fan, Plum, hello. And a bloke who absolutely loves them. And for me, one of the greatest actors in Australian history. Such a lovable bloke, such a humble bloke. I like to call him Peter Lum. Occasionally I'd call him Brian Mix Scoresby. But on this occasion, I call him the Sharks' number one fan, Mr. Brendan Cowell, who joins the run home with Joel and Fletch. Good afternoon, Brendan. G'day, Joel. Great to be here. G'day, Fletch. BC, that beard is just on point. Far out, that's good. Is, He's chiselled, you know, isn't is that, he? Is that part of the plum or is that uh, BC? Do you want our other angle? Oh, it's good, oh, mate. No jowls. Nil by jowls. Yeah, it looks very, very Nil by jowl. Yeah, I... um. It's amazing because I'm shooting my TV show at the moment, Plum, based on the novel Plum, about a retired footy player. And so every morning you go into makeup and you just wish you had that in your house, don't you? Like three ladies, <laughs> professionals, yeah. and they can just make you look fantastic. Whoa, 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 whoa. What sort of, what sort of professionals? <laughs> what sort of professionals? Yeah, this so, is a family well, we'll get on to Vegas show. later. We'll get on to the topic of Vegas Yeah, no later. colonels here. <laughs> No Colonel Rambookers here. No. Hey, hey, no, uh, I, I, uh, yeah, no, I'm feeling pretty good. I've been doing that eight-hour fasting. Yeah. Have you ah. guys ever done that where you just eat for eight hours? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you um, go the other way. Eat fast, yeah. Eight-hour fast. You just eat fast, yeah. Mm. <laughs> hey, exactly BC, tell, right. us, tell us a little bit. What's the um, plot of said uh, TV show you're filming? Yeah, well, it, it's based on the novel Plum, um, and it's about a guy called Peter the Plum Lum, who's a 49-year-old ex-rugby league player living in Cronulla with his girlfriend. Um, he's got a 16-year-old son, Gavin, who's showing signs that he might go all the way. He's got his grand final. And, um, you know, a, kind of, a couple of incidents happen at the airport where he works, and um, he starts to realise he's kind of suffering a little bit from head knocks, from the, the concussions he took, because he was 
you know, as you know, in a Gavin Miller, Paul Gallen kind of way, pretty bloody fearless. And um, so he kind of either has to share it, you know, with his son and girlfriend or lock it up and kind of keep drinking, keep doing it the same way. And it's kind of about a guy, you know, learning to express himself with, with his son and, and, and take things on in life in a different way to how he did it on the footy field. Um, so it's pretty pertinent, you know, with the issue of concussion and CTE, but it'll, mainly it's about family relationships and communicating with your loved ones instead of doing what Aussie males like to do, which is just bury stuff, you know. It's kind of about, hey, guys, let's communicate, and that might actually make things a bit easier. And I'm playing Peter the Plum Lum because I thought, well, I'm not going to let any other bastard do yeah. it, you know <laughs> what I mean? And, um, and uh, <laughs> no, but so it's been, yeah, incredibly thrilling to adapt your own novel, produce it, and then play the lead. But that's the basic plot. And there's a bit of poetry in there as well, Fletch, a bit about, you know, Plum learning to write poetry. Oh, okay. So, Plummy, who else is in the cast? Uh, we've got Jermaine Clement. You might know the Kiwi actor who was also an avatar with me in Flight of the Concords. Yes. Australia's Asha Keddie, who's pretty much just the, the queen of Australian television acting. Um, and then just a kind of plethora of incredible um, Aussie talent, some young up-and-comers that we're debuting and, and some many faces that you'll recognise, you know, including, you know, Andy Ryan, Susie Porter, people like that. So when you, because you're, you wrote the novel and you're producing this and you're acting in it, do you get a, are you sitting there and casting the people as well? So are you sitting in front of auditions? Yeah, that's right. And I cast um, such actors as Andrew Johns, James Graham and Paul Gallen off the bench as well. They've got, got little parts in it. <laughs> I think even Joel Kane might have a little part in it. I'm not sure. There's whispers on the there's whispers on social media. Yes. Anyway, it's blowing up there. Yeah. There's whispers in Vegas about it. Who even knows? Mm. But yeah, I uh, I cast. I basically do everything. I'm the boss. It's quite overwhelming. And you know what I what I say happens. And you know, where I've wanted to shoot things has been amazing because it's this is where I grew up in Cronulla. So it's been really surreal imagining it in the book, then literally filming it in exactly how I wrote it at Sharks Leagues Club or Daruk Park or the Caring Bar Inn. Yeah. You know, I'm shooting the Caring Bar Inn where I where I started my drinking career, you <laughs> know, was, in nineteen ninety two. You know you know what you know what hit home. So uh Sparman and I went to the Caring Bar Inn because quite a little place there. Mm-hmm. And there was this paraphernalia all sort of placed everywhere. And it was literally us. We're watching the um, Super Bowl, not the Super Bowl, the game before that, the, the final conference finals. Yeah. And I said, oh, yeah, what's going on here? And they said, oh, we're shooting a TV series. I said, oh, yeah, what, what, what's it called? And they said, plum. And Brendan, my hair stood up. I was so proud. Yeah. Uh, having read the book, oh. having read the book, yeah. having seen it all there, I thought, bloody hell. Uh, dreams are free, Brian. Where, where are we going to see it, BC? Is it going to be on streaming, uh, one of those streaming platforms, or is it free to air? Well, your your tax paying dollars are paying for ABC. it right? because it's going to be on the ABC. <laughs> ABC. So thank you very much for your contribution. No, no, I don't um, but, I pay too much tax, apparently. <laughs> yeah, no, much. I felt that. That's why the catering's so good. <laughs> yeah. um, no, it's um, it's it's the ABC. It might be out this year, early next year, something like that. Um, just to see how we get it all wrapped up and and um, yeah, very exciting. ABC. Can you give us? This is a question without notice, but I was trying to tell Brian about Avatar, where you there's it's about a three hour movie, 
It's just a massive hit. But the last hour, if there's three Dalian points in the last hour, Brian, this man just grabs it by the scruff. He comes off the bench. You don't see him in the first two yeah. hours, right? Spoiler alert. But then completely just owns it, three Dalian points, and wins a man of the match, right? And that's that's the party plays. Adam Moglike in At, the uh, origin. Yes, Adam Moglike. Um, Matt Ikavalu, who yeah. wasn't supposed to play Correct. up there against the Cowboys. Just selling shoes. It, just selling uh, hush puppies, and all of a sudden he got five. Can you give us a line out of Avatar exclusively here for the run home with Joel and Fletch? I do like the one when you say, where are you? Where are you, dirty mongrel? Is that what I say? <laughs> no, I think right. I say, I've got another one where I go, start your motors. We've got quotas. <laughs> Weren't you supposed to? Weren't you supposed to? Didn't you say that uh, James Cameron said you had a Scottish voice, or what was the? Oh no! In the in the audition, he said to me, um, "I wrote this character as sixty and Steve's like I wrote this character sixty and Scottish, but maybe he's forty and Australian." And I went, "Oh, I've got a feeling he's forty and Australian. Yeah, Absolutely, right. that's how I read him. I read him Australian." And he said, "Yeah, I'm starting to think he might be forty and Australian." I'm like, I, "I think he definitely is now." Yeah, I think that. I don't know. It's, that's what I'm getting transmitted to me live in this audition. Um, but I did the audition, you know, in LA. I flew over. It was like a two-day audition. I had to learn the script in this room with a security guy watching me because I couldn't take it home. I couldn't take a photo of it. And I had to learn this 24 pages. Then I had a big, long meeting with him. And then the next day I came back, having trying to memorise this script I couldn't read. I uh, got another hour in the room with the security guard watching me. And then I went down and they had all the cameras and the live action thing it was a proper set. And he just kept pushing me and pushing me. Um, and then I didn't hear anything for nine months. I thought, oh, well, forget about that. And got got the call from the English agent at one o'clock in the morning going, you got it. And I went, got what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've forgotten all about it. <laughs> and they're like, you got to go to New Zealand in a few weeks. You do an avatar. You're the bad guy in avatar. So it was one of those calls, you know. Um, it was unbelievable. When's the next one drop? Um, I don't know, but I, I might be wandering back to Wellington um, to, to finish it off after this. There's some rumours about that as well. So, Because um, we shot we shot two and three at once, but I think there's a little bit of three left to gotcha. clean up. Gotcha. Um, BC, as you probably are well aware, we're going to Vegas next week. Um, do you yes. think the Seppos will get around it? What's your take? I mean, you've been around... Those sort of people, uh, the Americans, do you think rugby league is going to succeed over there in the States? Look, I, I'm always confused why we need the validation of America in any way. I mean, they're, they're, you know, it's a very strange place, America. But we're always trying to get America to tell mm. us, you know, that we're great mm. in entertainment and sport and anything. It's like, well, maybe we just are great without yeah. it, you know. But um, look... Vegas is a, a city of, of devils and dreams, isn't it? Anything's possible. <laughs> yes. um, you know, I played craps there uh, for three days once. It was amazing. The craps table where you can pick the person that tosses the court things. For and what, you. Yeah, I've, got a, I've got a question for you, BC. What is the premise? I've never played craps. Yeah. What is the, what, oh, what is the premise unreal. of it? So you, you put... Yeah, if if the if the person rolls a seven, you lose whatever is on the table, but you can pick you can put your money on numbers, and if it gets a number, you get the amount of whatever you've got on that number. But as soon as someone rolls a seven, the dealer takes it. But you can pick an old lady to roll for you, yes, and stuff. It's incredibly fun. It is it is the the game, and it's what I'll be telling 
all the rugby league players to get involved with. I, I feel like the rugby, those four rugby league teams shouldn't have even had a preseason. They should have been warming up in strip clubs at Star City Casino, yep. just getting themselves ready <laughs> for Vegas in the to be able to play the full 80 minutes on the strip. Do you know what I mean? I do know. I was there six weeks ago. Can you put money on the seven? Can you put money so a seven will roll? No, I don't. No, I don't. Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I was, the, you know, it was probably twenty years since I was there. I could Google this as we speak, but I have a feeling seven is, is the dealer's yeah. win. Gotcha. Um, please don't cry. I don't even have a betting account. I don't know what I'm on about. And it was twenty years ago, and yeah. I'd had a couple of tequilas. I was off. Yeah, I'd come off the back of a movie called Twendor Wars, a war movie with Robert Carlyle and Keith Sutherland, and we all went to Vegas. Um, and it was unbelievable because you never know what time it is. No. You go for a nap, then you go, I'll go back down, and you find out it's 3 a.m. And you used to be able, <laughs> be able to smoke darts at the bar and everything. You can cool. still. You can You can, can do anything. Can can so during in Caesars, yeah, there's blokes just walking around with cigars. <laughs> like those are the big Texan, you know, the big 10 gallon ad, whatever these, and they mm. weren't saying anything to him because he was a high roller. Yeah. So he's walking through Look, I, I, the foyer. Yeah. Oh, that's great. If they bring you drinks and you can smoke darts. I might head back there. No, I won't. No, I won't. No. Um, but I, I, you know, I think it's. I think the big hits thing. They have big hits there. That's not going to turn them on. Maybe the no helmets thing. But what I think will fascinate them is the fact that we don't have an offensive and defensive um, swap over. Yeah. The fact that these athletes just do it all. And the fact that in the middle we have the toughness, then you spin it out the back and you sell when Cobos and such just do these athletic, beautiful things. I think that'll amaze them. But I think we need to not go with the big hits because I think those guys have got the big hits um, covered. But you never know. I mean, I've really missed the game over the last three months and watching the trials over the weekend, you just go, oh, it is the greatest thing Mm. known to man. Um, So... You know, who knows? I just hope all the players come back, Brian. Yes. Well, no, what, you know what the worst thing for, for the players I'm thinking, especially not the the Brisbane blokes won't be allowed to go out on the drink because of Reynolds and Paddy Carrigan. Oh, yes. So that's ruined it for the other three. There's no way they're yeah. going allowed, They're going to be allowed out in the strip. No way. Which, yeah. is, which is a shame. With that, but, but then, you know, going out in Brisbane for those guys, they'd be more celebrities. Whereas over there, I don't think anyone will know who they are. Good call. No, you know, I, I know, like, but that's. I think. Whereas, I think that's the attraction. I think that's the attra- that's why yeah, the attraction for them really, to go a little bit more mad. Go mad because yeah. no one gives a rats. But you know what? They might think they're going mad. The people in Vegas are another level of mad. <laughs> yeah. Like these guys are hardcore. Yeah. Us footy players must be like. You know, the watch this, and the Vegas guys will be like, "Is that it?" Well, didn't you, you say know what that? I mean, like this is this is hardcore. Well, you you had a uh, colleague of yours mm-hmm. who had dealt with a certain behind the scenes personality in the TV industry, who had dealt with other big celebrities. Oh yes, yes. And what Brendan's saying, you're concurring with that? No, I'm not concurring with that. He said that you blokes were worse. We were worse yeah, behaved. so that's what I'm saying. You concur. You agree. No. BC saying that Vegas, they go harder than us. Is that what you're saying, BC? Are you saying that people in Vegas well, I mean, go mad? Yeah, than Ra- I think yeah. Vegas is oh. a wild place that's seen some gotcha. characters yeah. throughout the years. I mean, you only have to listen to the Matty Nable voice over about its oh, criminal history and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, 
you know, to know that, you know, I, I don't think Vegas is going to get shaken up by rugby no, league players. But gotcha. I tell you what, if we do, well done to us. <laughs> yeah. That'll prove that that'll we put really us, are the That'll, that'll put us on the map. On yeah. And that might help Valandis because they'll be like, those guys were crazy. I didn't <laughs> yeah. watch the game. But, my God, they were crazy off the field. My God. Should have seen them. <laughs> Welcome back to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch, the audacity high temerity gall. This bloke here grew up uh, an American, tried to play NFL, tried to play other local sports, and now he's off to where, Brian? He's off to the Combine, and ladies and gentlemen, yep. introducing all the way from Indiana. Is it Indiana or Idaho? I don't know where it is. It don't is. matter. It's the Wombat. <laughs> Patrick McKenzie, who's now dialed, and you can get it all on YouTube, the great man who is... Part of the Combine, such a big, big place as America, and he's going to charge it. How are you, Pat? Hello, guys. Thanks for having me. Firstly, let's address the major thing, Patty. Yes. You've got the Squid Game jacket on. <laughs> what what number are you wearing? Eye. Yeah. Oh, that's Notre Dame, that's, yeah. fighting Irish. Yeah. Yes, it is. Oh, that's awesome. And it looks like you're in some sort of dorm or you haven't paid your rent and you're in jail. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's my dorm room. My uh, dorm room. Awesome. But you know what that's going to change, Brian? Because Bruck Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, yep. was getting less than a number of our stars over here. Mm. So our man Patrick McKenzie, dorm, see you later. Yep. Yeah, we, yeah, we Be- live in... Beachside over there, hello. It might be in uh, Watson's Bay. Now, Paddy, let's, uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you, you're still in Notre Dame or you finished university? What's your story? Yeah, so I'm in my third year of university. I got one more year left. Um out here in South Bend, Indiana, at the University of Notre Dame. And uh, it's where I pretty much picked up playing rugby. Um, I started playing a little bit after my second year of high school, um, and then I've continued on. Um, But growing up, I played a little bit of roller hockey when I was really, really little. Um, I started playing soccer and uh, flag football. And then from there, it went on to tackle football and baseball and basketball. And then I uh, did a good amount of swimming as a, as a kid as well. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, so when you say rugby, because this, this is the issue we have over here, are you saying rugby league, 13 men aside, or rugby union, which is 15 men aside? Rugby union. Okay. Um, so we, we, yeah, so 15 aside, and then we, we're in the, the seventh season right now. So. Right. Oh, it was great chatting to you, uh, Patty. But we've got... <laughs> <laughs> hey, Patrick, um, what position in – NFL or grid on, as we like to call it over here. What position are you? Tight end and linebacker. And then I got uh, to play a little bit of uh, running back slash fullback um, to with both the ball carriers. So that's that's what I mostly played. So, so from that point of view, you've mentioned everything that's in the offensive side, as you guys call it. How do you yeah. go on the tackling front? Did you grow up having to tackle people? And as, as you know, with our sport, you have to do both. I didn't do both personally, but you do have to do both. Yeah, so I I played uh, both ways, offense and defense. So I played like linebacker and yep. defensive end. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, so lot, yeah, lots of defense as well. So you you understand the difference between rugby league and rugby union? Have you played any league at all? Have you played in rugby league? I I have not. No. Okay, but you've seen our game. Yeah, I've watched a little bit of YouTube and saw the Russell Russell, Russell Crow uh, promotion. So yeah. Um, yeah. Patrick McKenzie, what's the expectation? So for all those like yourself in America who are turning up to the combine, I imagine it's all on your own cost. You've got to back yourself. It's a bit of a, 
uh, Vegas uh, roulette uh, roll, I suppose. But um, what's the expectations? Have they told you how many people are being accepted and what happens if you do well? What's the, the forecast for all of that? So I uh, saw those 25 male athletes selected, 25 of the best athletes in, in America that are coming to Vegas. So back myself, put my best foot forward and learn how to play the game and play the game my way. Like, hey, Paddy, h- how did you know about this? Um, my summer coach, uh, David New, oh, reached yeah. out to me about it. Yeah. So uh, yeah. He's, he's helped me a, a long way um, since I was first introduced to rugby union. Uh, so he, he contacted me about it and was trying to set me up with applying and all that. So, Paddy, do you know what it's going to be? What what sort of skills are going to be on show? Like what sort of testing you have to do at this combine? Is it similar to an NFL combine? Combine in the sense that bench, uh, sprinting. Yeah, very similar. Um, with regards to the strength testing and the skill testing, um, you got to have be able to do both uh, well. Uh, we did testing in high school for football, uh, so lots of the things are, are pretty similar. Uh, so I've been altering my training plan a little bit to fit more of the testing and uh, hopefully I can, I can perform. Have you, uh, have you played with any big guns who have marched onto the, you know, of the top college or perhaps the NFL? I don't know if I've, if I've played against them. I've played against a few basketball players who now play collegiate basketball. Yes. Um, but regards to football or rugby, no. Um, not exactly, no, but yeah. So, so, Patty, just tell us a little bit about you playing rugby union. Is it for Notre Dame and how many colleges are playing uh, a rugby union um, tournament or competition? Uh, so, playing at Notre Dame, I was just going to try it out my freshman year and see how it went. Um, and then I ended up really falling in love with it and really um, – investing myself in it. Um, so we've taken that a few steps further. Uh, in the United States, um, there's quite a few schools, like there's lots of schools, more than you would expect that that play uh, rugby union. Uh, lots of the small schools that you won't necessarily hear in the papers or um, on social media, they have lots of those schools have teams and lots of them are pretty good. Um, so you, you might have a school in your schedule that you really haven't heard about um, and you, and you show up and those guys can play. So you never know what you're really going to get, but there are players here. There are players here. All right. What, what sort of position do you think after watching our game, you, you said you haven't played uh, rugby league or NRL. What position do you think would best suit your style? I think part of the Ford pack. Yep. Um, I think, um, I think the numbers are inverted from, from, the rugby union, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, so, so flipped. Yeah, uh, we have eight, nine, and ten. So eight, eight, and ten uh, are usually the, the front rowers who yeah. are the big, the props. Okay. And then you've got your second rowers, eleven and twelve. And then you've got thirteen. You guys have got the extra guys on the side. Uh, I don't know exactly what they do, but we have, <laughs> in our in our scrum, flaggers, mate, yeah. flaggers. In our in our yeah. scrum, we have six. Wrongly slang. We have, okay. We have six. What what sort of how fast can you run a hundred in? What do you do in forty yards? Forty yard dash. Uh, probably just to see, just under five. Yeah. Yeah, I was probably. I was four point eight nine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, I think second row. 
Second Maybe. Year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Good on you, Paddy. Thanks for listening to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. Now, you must, must do this before you leave. Uh, we leave your ears for that matter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. So many great interviews there, but it just adds a picture, tells a thousand words. So get amongst those thousand words. Thanks for listening to the run home with Joel and Fletch. We'll catch you next time.